0: Hello and welcome to Logical. Wherever you're listening in from, this is the regular weekly podcast from Dubai based law firm HPL Yamalova and Plethka. and it is still the Gulf region's first and the only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott. I'm here with the firm's managing partner, Ludmila Yamalova, from Reef Tower in Jumeirah Lakes Towers. Ludmilla, always good to see you.
1: Always a pleasure to see you too, Tim. Thanks for being here.
0: Now, Logical is weekly. It's a chance to talk about the legal questions particular to the United Arab Emirates. Of course, wherever you are, you're always welcome to get in touch for Legal Answers. Find us via lylawyers.com. This time, in this what will be a special three part edition. When should you consult a lawyer? We're gonna be considering when and why it's important to consider legal documentation with a legal professional, why and when it's worth consulting a legal professional and when and why you should consult and invest in legal assistance and that's the important thing to remember so let's start with part 1 uh, ludmilla why it's worth investing in a lawyer i would expect you to be able to justify why a lawyer's worth paying for uh, why legal services are worth paying for but let's put the cost just for a moment to one side in broad terms you're on the spot Why are lawyers worth it?
1: Well, one is to hopefully prevent from a problem occurring. Uh, And this is different from damage control, and damage control is usually what we see more of, and that is when the problem has already happened, and uh, in most cases it's because of sort of mismatch in expectations and understandings, uh, simply because parties did not seek proper counsel, before entering into a transaction, so in other words, it's to prevent problem from happening versus damage control is why you'd want to see a lawyer, perhaps before a problem. Happens.
0: So it's not, see, the thing is, it's not about uh, the last resort. It's not the last chance saloon. You shouldn't see legal advice or a relationship with a lawyer as that. You need to have an ongoing relationship, I guess, uh, in life with legal professionals. It's joined up thinking. It's kind of common sense.
1: Well, indeed. And the ongoing relationship does not mean that you keep going to a lawyer on a sort of regular basis, right. but it's rather just knowing when to consult the right person. Uh, and uh, so that um, to, to avoid potentially having a problem that will require for you to retain a lawyer on a regular basis and then spend a lot more money uh, for uh, the lawyer to help you fix whatever problems that you might have um, um, incurred as a, as a result of not doing the right thing at the right time. Um, so interestingly enough, um, we hear quite often, oh, thank goodness, I, I have not needed a lawyer. Uh, and that usually is refers to uh, to uh, to cases when well, I haven't really, I don't have a problem yet, so therefore I don't need to be seeing a lawyer. Mm. But um, in most cases, it's actually commercially a lot more uh, economical to see a lawyer before you have a problem than when you actually have a problem. And that's uh, really the um, I guess perhaps the the purpose of this discussion, and that is. Uh, if you see a qualified professional er- early enough in the process or timely, uh, then your, uh, your expenses um, can be, and in most cases are, a lot more limited uh, than uh, when you already have a problem in your hands.
0: See, that's why I used the term, the word investment earlier on, because the the simple stereotype, I suppose, is that legal fees can be high. They can snowball as problems develop. So you would suggest, I suppose, people should prioritize seeking legal counsel, that they see it as an investment.
1: Yes, and uh, interestingly enough, and, and almost ironic, is that people seem to prioritize... Um, Spending money on so many other purposes other than a lawyer. Uh, and we talk about restaurant bills, perhaps uh, entertainment. Uh, and uh, the UAE is not an inexpensive place, so we all kind of know what it means, for example, to go away for a weekend. And yet they will not spend a fraction of that cost Uh, to seek qualified professional advice. And I'm not just even saying about a lawyer, but um, it could be a financial advisor. Uh, It could be a counselor. Uh, It could be um, an accountant. And um, in most cases, people don't really see the need to seek uh, that sort of advice until they already have an issue.
0: You must meet people who simply just don't see the point in advice, legal advice uh, in this instance, for example, even if they can... Uh, Afford it. It's not as though you, you, you force people to use legal services. You are a listener. What do you say to those people who just won't take your advice? How do you get across to somebody that they really need legal advice?
1: It's a, it's a bit of a trick question because <laughs> you can, as the saying goes, and it, it, there are different variations to this particular saying, but you can lead the horse to the water, but you cannot make it drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the same way you can try to, to uh, reason with your clients uh, that it's really important for them or a client or somebody who w- should be your client. Uh, that it would be really worthwhile for them to um, seek advice and to do one or two things that you know that they're sort of illegal in nature, but you cannot make them do it. Uh, mm. So all you can do is um, to give them kind of pragmatic advice, and in most cases, perhaps examples of what happens when that advice is not followed, and we have many of, the, of those examples. <laughs> Uh, but at the end, it's it's their own personal decision. And uh, you wouldn't believe how many people we have who um, tell us, oh, if we had only listened to you. Uh, if, we, if we had only done it when you said we should do it. I mean, one example is not so long ago, we had um, tragically, or I guess we had been uh, advising our client to um, do wills. Uh, because they had quite substantial assets here it's a fairly young couple and tragically um, the wife passed away very very suddenly and um, you know and there was no no will in place and Mm -hmm. they, they said yes 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 they would do it but it wasn't really important to them and for all the obvious reasons when you're young and vibrant and you think you have all the time in the world and well now the husband comes and says yes you told me so and I should have listened to you but I didn't and so the um uh, the inheritance proceedings are now a lot more complicated and a lot more expensive than they would have been had there been a will that's just one example and uh, a lot of um a lot of the disputes we hear um, for example that um, are stem from wanting to buy a property in um, in the UAE and um, issuing deposits and then um and somehow wanting to exit the transaction, to terminate the agreement, and then trying to figure out and the, you know what to do about the deposit. Then there's this expectation that oh, the deposit will be handed back to them. And then when they realize that's not so, they come to us and say, well, "Well, why are they not giving me a deposit back?" And you know, it's one of those. Well, had you only if you had only come to us ahead of time before you signed this document, uh, things would have been very different.
0: That's the case for why lawyers are worth it. So that's part one of this podcast. Let's move on to part two, uh, preemptive or or preventive measures that you've alluded to. More specifically, exactly when you should consult a legal professional, a lawyer. The time to take legal advice is before you have a problem, but we can't see the future. So that's easier said than done.
1: Yes. uh, Well, one example is employment. And this actually applies to both sides of the equation, employees and employers. Uh, employees um, are often all too eager to just jump in and sign agreements. Um, obvious for obvious reasons, they want a job, mm. and uh, they, in most cases, I you know, and I struggle to actually think. Actually, there's there was one client I think that actually came to us before they signed the employment agreement, but otherwise, no one really. We have we don't really see many cases where someone's being asked to sign an employment agreement. I mean
0: that's so interesting because I I said to you earlier on i'm quite happy to share this i didn't ask a lawyer to look at my most recent employment contract i i you were wrecking your brain to think of somebody who uh had uh, come to you with that uh specific question i can't think of anybody i know who's ever had a lawyer look at a legal uh employment contract here in the Emirates. And they are a legal documents.
1: Well indeed. And they're quite significant also because of what they mean for for us being here. And that yeah. is the employment agreement and the employment relationship becomes the basis upon which your whole existence in this country Sort of is based on, and that is uh, you are sponsored by that same company. You sponsor your children. You rent property or you buy a property. You open a bank account, and it's all linked to that employment. And, um, and yet very few, few people uh, find the need to consult uh, professionals uh, before they sign that agreement. And the one example that is an exception to this was in fact a client um, who was based in the US and in fact had not even ever been to the UAE, but um, had a job offer to join a hospital. He was a doctor, a medical professional. And had a job offer to move to the UAE. And in that particular case, yes, in fact, he had retained our services and he wanted to uh, not just um, uh, for us to review the, the employment contract, but to explain to him just the basics of the employment uh, legal system in the UAE, and so that was one exception uh, that um, proved uh, very beneficial for the client, and he, he was as, as a result of it was able to negotiate a number of important terms uh, for himself. But more importantly, his expectations of of what um, was to come uh, with respect to his whole family. Uh, was, was a lot, were a lot better, I guess were a lot more in line uh, with reality. And that's, for example, the schooling and the housing, uh, because he had been told one thing or another. And um, until he consulted with us, uh, he didn't really have a full picture of what was really um, uh, was going to come his way. So that was one exception. But for the most part, that was it. Uh, most of the people, they they sign and um, they sort of build their own reality of what will come next and uh, only come to lawyers when that reality ends up being flawed.
0: Yeah, sort it out <laughs> for me, please. Uh, here we go. Um, that's what's interesting, isn't it? You are here on the ground. You are involved in the legal seen uh for want of a better word here the the point is don't get yourself into a situation or situations you're not used to which is i guess what your client uh in the u.s there was doing preempt issues by making sure that you had the advice of somebody who can help you navigate choppy waters and legal waters can be choppy so don't go into something blind is what we all need to remember
1: that's right and I'll tell you just one specific example uh, also for employment um, matters uh, which comes up all too often and that is the expectation of for example shipping back your belongings to your home country okay. so many employees um, move here uh, relocate their whole families uh, or already here and they have this, expectation that the company will bear the expense of uh, shipping their belongings back to their home country. And that is not an insignificant expense. Mm. And yet, uh, in those cases where those expectations um, exist, uh, that particular clause is nowhere to be found in the employment agreement. And this is unlike the repatriation ticket back um, after the end of the employment relationship. This, um, uh, the, the expense uh, for relocating is not in the law. And therefore, Therefore, it cannot be claimed unless it is an agreement. Uh, So, the ticket is something else. It's it's provided for by law, but the uh, um, relocation costs are entirely contractual.
0: Let's move on to part three. So, really, to, to sum up part two just very briefly, take legal advice early on. It's going to be cheaper in the long run. Part three those times when you really do need to consult a lawyer, even though I'd say that most of us probably don't often do so. Anytime we have to sign documents that affect our lives before signing things like employment contracts, we've uh, talked about, tenancy contracts, property sales purchase uh, agreements, we need or should get them reviewed by a qualified legal professional. I'd be willing to bet that employees tend to come in for a consultation really when an issue arises after they're already bound to it. That's probably your experience.
1: Uh, For sure. I would say 99% of the cases uh, that uh, are employment-related, they come up after the fact. And interestingly enough, this also applies to companies, Uh, not just the employees, but also employers. And that is, for example, they want to terminate someone for poor performance. And um, they expect that, well, because such and such employee has not performed properly, therefore they should not have to pay for, let's say, Uh, The compensation that the employee is expecting, um, be it by way of a bonus or end of service or notice, because an employer's mindset, well, listen, this, this person has not been carrying his or her weight for X number of months, so therefore why should I pay, for example, one month notice period or let alone arbitrary dismissal of 3 months in addition to the 1 month notice for example i should just terminate this and he she should be grateful that they received whatever they received while they were with me because it's not worth even a fraction of it and right. so they um, they come to us and kind of all up in arms very upset the the law is somehow uh, favoring the employees but in fact, uh, it, the law is very evenly um, drafted and quite neutral, and uh, it's it's very clear in the law that yes, you, there, these are the. Uh, Elements that you, as a company, as an employer, you must uh, keep in mind and budget for uh, when you hire someone. And in the event you want to be able to resort to, for example, rights to not pay a certain element or another, there is a protocol. There is a a list of requirements which you must follow as a company in order to be able to avail yourself of um, of those provisions in the law. For example, if you terminate someone for because they've caused you harm. Uh, then, um, in just in, in brief, uh, that's Article 120 in the labor law. But to be able to avail yourself of that, you really need to uh, to have followed a specific protocol. And so, so the law is very clear, and it hasn't really changed very much. Is that the companies in this particular case do not take the time and do not uh, see it worthwhile uh, to consult lawyers and um, just rely on what they believe is uh, the lay of the land or what they were told. And um, then they come and complain that the law is unfair. But really, it's the company's own fault for not having understood the law before it committed itself to uh, to the agreements that it signed.
0: Let me use, uh, I think, something that's very relatable to lots of people, whether you live here in the UAE or wherever you live. Let's look at tenancy contracts. They are a real... They're a legal minefield, let's put it that way, here in the UAE. You've seen plenty of those in your time here in the Emirates. There is no standard contract. It's kind of potluck, uh, really. And they vary wildly from landlord to landlord, from real estate agency to real estate company. Um Let's take the example of a deposit for a house here before you move in, you pay your rent, you pay a deposit, it will be a percentage uh, or an amount every year, it could be a couple of thousand dollars equivalent. Um, But that's very often where things start to go astray.
1: Indeed, and um, there is a, a form, I guess, that is often perceived to be the standard. Uh, release agreement, and yeah. but in many ways, it's just purely almost like a cover page. It just uh, there's very few provisions that you can uh, you can fill in, and that's just the, the particulars of the parties um, and. Property in the mount, and that's about it. And now, but all those agreements then backed up with special terms and conditions. And as you said, there is just is the full gamut. It could be five conditions, could be fifty. And we have seen these lease agreements that are a lot, uh, a lot um, more specific and a lot more detailed. And we have seen some that are the barely scratch the surface in terms of the issues that should be relevant for both parties to address. And the deposit is uh, is a classic, and it's it's, it's I guess a favorite in a a sad way uh, because it comes up so often and in particular with respect to uh, the landlord and that is the landlord has this expectation of of retaining the deposit uh, but um, uh, yeah, and, and then for but for reasons which are ninety nine percent of the time not specifically addressed in the agreement itself, uh, so then the parties start battling out the issue. Of, well, you, I I've painted the place and now you're not returning my deposit, and the landlord like well. Uh, but you needed to paint it a different shade of white, and so therefore I'm keeping the deposit. Or you didn't clean it as well as I wanted you to clean, or you left um, a crack in the wall um, that perhaps was there from the beginning. And so this is one example where if, um, if parties only at least, if not consult a lawyer, but at least sort of thought, themselves logically okay so what is that deposit for what should it what should it cover and under what circumstances and in which case uh, can you legally or legitimately claim its refund or its application for that matter if you're a landlord Uh, but 99% of the time these uh, uh, these um, uh, matters are never Uh, Described in the agreement, and then there is this mismatch of parties' expectations, and uh, which, in most cases, lead to disputes uh, before the the rent committee. Uh, And that's one example. So, and if only parties sought uh, advice of, okay, so how do we address this deposit? um, Then all of this, it truly is actually, it's a win-win because then the parties' expectations would be aligned.
0: I'm going to move in two months' time, so I'll report back with a real-world example of exactly how much of my deposit is returned uh, we'll talk about that later
1: but i do have an example now uh, oh, we'll and that is we that. have a client um who actually rented a very expensive property we're talking about millions of dirhams um a year and then the deposit obviously was quite significant as well it's about a hundred thousand dirhams plus and now the landlord is not returning the deposit uh, and, and not only that is requesting another top up to the deposit because he says the the tenant should have done one two three four five six seven eight nine ten, and so and you know in this case which is why I wanted to mention it it's it's more unusual to other cases because of the amount at stake, uh, and now there is a potential court of uh, court battle between the parties and all only because uh, the specific. Uh, specific clauses or provisions or conditions to the deposit were never specifically mentioned in the agreement. 27,
0: 28,000 US dollars. It's a significant amount. Indeed, it is. Let's talk about, let's take another example, actually. Um, When it comes to buying property, I would guess that more people take legal advice, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but you still do come across people who don't employ a legal service or lawyer to oversee property purchases. That can obviously lead to issues, untold issues uh, down the road, particularly in a developing property market, which is really what Dubai, the the United Arab Emirates, still is.
1: Yes. And this particular example is perhaps one of my favorites only because uh, this is a classical example where... um, people should be seeking lawyers' um, input before they sign on the dotted line and, in particular, before they sign checks. And this is so because in the UAE, as part of the, the practice that developed in in the real estate market is whenever, as, as a buyer, whenever you sign the the first, well, it's often called the MOU, or the memorandum of understanding, or maybe your sales and purchase agreement, um, there is, um, there's a practice of issuing a deposit check to kind of guarantee that transaction. Well, uh, signing a check is not an insignificant matter. And um, it really needs to be um, thought through very carefully before you ultimately sign that check, uh, because it's, the deposit amounts are quite significant, and yet people are much more eager and willing to pay real estate agents uh, before they would um, um, they would want to seek legal advice. And that's um, so. In the majority of these disputes we see in the real estate arena actually stem from. Uh, from the issue of the deposits and what happens with them when the transaction does not go through.
0: That's a topic we're going to cover in another podcast soon, a very specific example of deposits uh, and fees in real estate transactions. But the final thoughts on this, uh, Ludmilla, this particular podcast, what is, if I can put you on the spot again, what's the simple answer when it comes to the question we've been asking? When should I consult a lawyer? What's the answer to that?
1: The simple answer would be before you sign anything of significance, be it a legal document or a check or part with money.
0: Ludmila Yamalova is the managing partner of the Dubai-based law firm Yamalova and Pletka. As ever, Ludmilla, your expertise is greatly appreciated.
1: Thank you, Tim. Truly wonderful to be talking to you, as always.
0: That is another episode of Logical. This time, when should you consult a lawyer? Hopefully, we've been able to outline how to use a lawyer less, but perhaps more wisely and effectively. Let us know what you think, what your legal experiences have been, and feel free to get in touch if there's a legal question you'd like answered. You can find us via lylawyers.com or any of the social channels and we'll try to answer you directly, or maybe even in a future podcast. For a legal consultation, hit the contact button at lylawyers.com or WhatsApp us, 00971 1611.